Good evening and welcome to our Bible study. And if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 10. Starting to read at verse 1. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun and his legs were like fiery pillars. He was holding a little scroll which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. When he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke, and when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven say, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. Then, the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven, and he swore by him who lives for ever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, and the sea and all that is in it. And he said, There will be no more delay, but in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced his servants, the prophets. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more, Go, take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and asked him, Give me the little scroll. He said to me, Take it and eat it. I will it will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, You must prophesy again about many prophets, nations, languages, and kings. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you again for this, your word, and we ask that as we look at it together, that you will open it up to us and show us what you would have us learn from it. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So we come to this chapter 10 of Revelation, and I've titled, titled it, um, John participates. Now, as we continue in the book of Revelation, I want us to start this evening with this thought. In Revelation 2 and 3, we saw that the persecution had started in the early church. The destroyer was at work. When we came down to chapter 9, verse 13 and 15, that's when we saw that the destroyer would continue on a worldwide scale and that things would get worse as the final day of the Lord approaches. Now, these are the things that are being revealed to us in the book of Revelation. Things that seem to be a mystery to us. Now, a mystery is something that is difficult to understand or explain. In the Old Testament, the mystery of the life, death, and resurrection of the Messiah was explained and revealed. That was done by the words of the prophets. 
Now, they themselves didn't always understand what it was, what it was that the Lord had told them. But they trusted in the truth of what they had been told. And they suffered for their faithfulness to God's word. Now, some of the things that they spoke of actually happened during their lifetime. Other things happened after their lifetime. Some of the things that they spoke about are happening during our lifetime. And other things are still to happen. Now, this reminds us of how important and significant the words of the Old Testament prophets are. In fact, the whole of the Old Testament is important and significant to you and I today. You know, last week I listened to Roger Carswell and he was speaking on evangelism. And he said that he often carries a, a little uh, New Testament with him. And that's good. It's a good thing because at the front of that uh, little hand New Testament, you have um, little things that we can apply scripture. It might be that people are going through times of trouble or they've suffered a loss or they've uh, developed illness and they can refer to various verses. And it is a good um, evangelistic tool to have in your pocket. But at one point, he was saying how he took his um, little New Testament out of his pocket and his friend who was a Christian turned to him and said, Oh, I see you have a sword without a handle. <laughs> this is a reminder to us of the importance of the Old and the New Testament. Now, in his public ministry, Jesus made many references to the words of the Old Testament. And when we come to the New Testament, uh, just before his death, listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. You can read this in Luke 18. I'm just going to read verse 31 through to 33. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We're going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. Now those disciples who Jesus was speaking to, they knew that the prophets had said these things. They'd said that they would happen. But the disciples didn't understand how or why they would need to happen to Jesus. So for them, these things were a mystery. Now listen to the words that Jesus spoke after his death and resurrection. And this was to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Again, it's in Luke's Gospel, this time Luke 24, verse 25 to 27. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things, and then enter his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. You know, part of that mystery that they didn't fully understand was that the Messiah must suffer. The mystery of the cross 
had now been revealed to them when Jesus died and rose again. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said when he preached the gospel to the early church. He said many things, but this evening just want to take a few verses from Romans 10, verse 25 through to 27. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaimed about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory for ever, through Jesus Christ. Amen. They were the words of Paul. And Paul is confirming that the prophecies of Daniel, Deuteronomy, Ezekiel, Hosea, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, even the writings of the psalmists, Samuel and Zechariah, they all reveal the identity of the Messiah. Paul also, in his teaching, revealed the truth that just as Jesus suffered, so the church would need to suffer. They too would be called to carry their cross. You see, John is here in Revelation, reminding us that for him to understand the mystery of the things that are happening in his lifetime, the things that are still to happen, he has to allude to allude to the and consider the words of the Old Testament prophets who also spoke about the last days. So, this evening we will come to the mystery of Revelation chapter 10. But before we do this, let's take a few moments to digest what we know. We've seen in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John to testify to everything he saw. You see, this is telling us that this is God speaking to John. We know that John's initial instructions are to write to seven churches, churches that are situated not far from the island of Patmos and would have been familiar to John. But these churches would become a, a representation of God's universal church. So this is telling us that the message is for us today. Revelation 1 verse 19, Write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. When we came to Revelation chapter 5, John sees the scroll that only Jesus is worthy to open. So a few verses from chapter 5, 9 to 10. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. What does this phrase mean, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth? It means that we as believers have a part to play in God's plan. 
We are members of God's universal church who one day will be with him in glory. But in the meantime, we have a commission to preach the good news of Jesus, to stay faithful to his word and to persevere through times of trouble. In his gospel, John, John, who is also the writer to the book of Revelation, tells us that Jesus said to his disciples, he tells us this, and when he's speaking to his disciples, remember, these are the ones who would be the founder members of the early church. So in the gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said to them, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Now that phrase is one side of a coin. Then he goes on, in this world, you will have trouble. So that is the other side of the coin. And then he goes on and he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So these are the words of encouragement. Now, when the Apostle Paul spoke to the early church, he said, well, he said many things. But well, let's have a look at a verse from Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. He said, therefore... Among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. So here is a question. The question is, is the church suffering today? And the answer is yes. From chapter 10, verse 1, through to chapter 11, verse 13, we have here in Revelation what is a parenthesis between the sixth and the seventh trumpet, where John will be given what we might call his confirmation of taking on the role of a prophet. John's commission is to help us understand what will happen between the resurrection of Jesus and the final day of judgment. So, we'll read in Revelation chapter 10, when we come to verse 11, these words, Then I was told, You must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. So, what did John see this time? Let's go to Revelation 10, and read verse 1 through to 4, and the title here is The Little Scroll. So, this is what we read earlier. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun and his legs were like fiery pillars. He was holding a little scroll which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea, his left foot on the land. And he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. And when he shouted, the voices of seven thunders spoke. And when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven say, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. So a question here, who is this angel? Well, let's think about what we've read. And let's just think about um, a few other things uh, as we think of that description that we have in those verses. In chapter 10, verse 1, think about the scroll in chapter 5. And in verse 2 of chapter 5, And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Who is this person? Okay, let's go to Revelation 1, verse 7. Look, 
He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. If we go to Revelation chapter 4, we see the, the, the scene in the throne room, and in verse 3 we read another description. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. Let's go to the, the New Testament and let's look at Matthew chapter 17 and the time of the transfiguration. We read this. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. So the descriptions that we've just read from other parts of scripture, compare them with Revelation chapter 10. And we could see that these could all apply to Jesus himself. So we come to verse 2 of chapter 10. Now, to plant your feet on it is to take possession of it. Now, this is possession of both land and sea, because they are under his feet. And a scripture reference to the sea was symbolic of evil, a symbol that we will see in other parts of Revelation, and also a symbol that we saw when we went through the book of Job. And you might remember that Job chapter 9, verse 8, we read this, and this is speaking about God. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. You see, these verses are telling us that the Lord is in control, control of all things. Now, John, he holds the little scroll that was open. This is a link to the scroll in chapter 5. That scroll was a large scroll that so, uh, scroll was a, a sealed scroll and that sealed scroll in chapter 5 could only be opened by Jesus. Now in verse 3 to 4 of chapter 10 he spoke with the roar of a lion. Now there again, that's the, the tribe of Judah. And then it goes on, he's the one who commanded what the seven thunders said. John hears the voice of the seven thunders and he's told not to write down what he has heard. So we come through to verse 5 through to 7 of Revelation 10, a reference here to the Old Testament prophets. Verse 5 through to 7. Then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven, and he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, and the sea and all that is in it, and said, There will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced to his servants the prophets. So we have here the confirmation that the Lord is in control. Therefore, what will happen and when it will happen is by his consent and in accordance with his will. Notice the reference in verse 7 to what, we can, own, what can only be the Old Testament prophets, verse 7. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. So keep your Bibles open at Revelation chapter 10 and look at the words there as we read, or I read to you from the book of Daniel. This is Daniel chapter 12. 
And I'm going to read from verse 7 through to 10. You can see the similarities here. A man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand and his left hand towards heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives for ever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, My Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled over and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. So let's go back to Revelation 10 and look at verse 8 through to 11, where John takes the little scroll. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more. Go, take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. He said to me, take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. So verse 10, I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages and kings. You see here, John is told to take the little scroll, the scroll that is open, and he's to take it from the hand of the one who offers it to him. And John obeys the request, and John is given the scroll and told what to do with it. He's told to take it and eat it. Now this has similarities with another Old Testament prophet, and we can look at how the Lord spoke to Ezekiel when he commissioned him for his role as a prophet. So we shouldn't be surprised the Lord spoke to John in a similar way. So just listen to the words from Ezekiel chapter 2. Um, chapter 2 is a short uh, chapter and it only goes to verse 9, but then it continues on into chapter 3 to verse 4. And this is what we read there. Then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll, which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth. And he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll that I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. He then said to me, Son of man, go now to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. Notice that John's scroll is to be sealed like Ezekiel's that was to be revealed. This tells us the contents of John's scroll was personal to him. 
some of the things that he sees and hears are to remain with him. What we know about John's little scroll is that, like the scroll given to Ezekiel, the scroll is given to John, and it was sweet because it was the word of God, and it was bitter because it contained words of lament, mourning, and woe. We don't know exactly what was written on the scroll that John had to eat, but the scroll was for John to digest. The words of the scroll the words were more than likely words of judgment. The promise of the gospel brings joy to the heart of the believer, but to those who refuse to accept, they will face judgment. Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter 2, verse 7 to 10. And we have here two sides of the same coin. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has been, has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. These words remind us the, what we read in Revelation 5 verse 10. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve God, and they will reign on earth. So let's go back to our chapter for this evening, chapter 10 of Revelation, verse 11. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. You see, part of John's task for the Lord was to speak of God's judgment. As a prophet, he will declare what the faithful, he will declare the fact that the faithful church will suffer and that judgment will come. After being given the little scroll, John is given a rod, and he's told to measure the temple. At the start of our time together this evening, we said that John is participating in his vision. We don't know what was written on the little scroll, but we know that the message that he will have to speak is a message of judgment, a message that is being passed on to us. And if you will pardon the pun, not an easy message to swallow, but it has to be told. Knowing that as Jesus was called to suffer, so the church has been called to suffer. And with this in mind, John is now going to measure the temple. And we're going to look at that in chapter 11, which we'll look at next week. Well, as we finish this evening, I want us to listen again to the words that Jesus spoke to his first disciples as we apply them to ourselves as you and me being his disciples in this our day. So we go back to Luke 24, verse 25 through to 27. How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? 
Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So these words are relevant to us this evening. How foolish, how slow to believe, to believe what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. His birth, read that in scriptures, we know that and we believe it. His death, we know that and we believe that. His resurrection, we know and believe this. His ascension into heaven, we know and believe this. But what's happening in heaven right now? What will happen before Jesus returns? What will happen after his return? We don't know or fully understand all these things. But Revelation is giving us an insight into these things. Will we understand it completely? The answer is no. Will we know more about Jesus? Yes. Will we know more about the supremacy of a merciful and just God? The answer is yes. But the real question is, will we know and believe that these things are true, even though in this life we fail to understand them fully? You know, a repeated theme in Revelation is this. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What are we to do after we've heard what the Spirit says? Well, the answer is there in Revelation. The answer is to believe what we have heard. And if we go to the end of Revelation, Revelation 22, verse 12, we read this. Look, I am coming soon. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you again for this time that we've been able to spend around your word and we ask your blessing upon us that you might help us to understand it as we do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, just before we finish completely, um, John in his gospel tells us what Jesus said. And these are good words for us as well in our day. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I think we can all say Amen to that. Amen.